Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. <laughs> Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com and welcome in. Happy Friday morning, if that's when you are listening. Mello and I coming to you from Southwest Missouri. Paige Kuhn coming to you from 120 miles north of here in the barbecue capital of the world, Ooh. Kansas fucking city, Missouri. Kansas city, we're out here. I'm, I'm happy for you to be in our state. We will be meeting up with Paige soon after you guys are listening to this on Friday morning as we... I do a little mic'd up Mellow and I's radio show from Boulevard Brewing Company. And then we do a little meetup with any of you who would like to come hang out at Boulevard tomorrow, starting at 5 p.m. tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Anybody who would like to come out. <laughs> and don't Mello. forget, don't forget, it's shaving season. Manscaped, two guys 20. That's T W O G U Y S 20, the number two O. Yes, I was the fifth grade spelling bee champ. I was just going to say that. you could spell. <laughs> I actually was the fifth grade spelling bee champ. So anyway, two guys 20 will save you 20% off. I have spoken to our representatives at Manscaped and we are doing an amazing job of promoting this product. St. Patty's Day. Let's Mello, go. It is six days from when we are recording. How is the shamrock coming along? It's a fucking tree right now. It's a tree right but, now. Uh, I'll have it in tip top shape by this evening. Can't wait. Can't, <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying I can't wait. I won't see it. Paige, <laughs> welcome to Missouri. Is this your first trip to Missouri? Um, no, I've been to St. Louis. That doesn't count. That's West Illinois. We don't claim it. Oh, okay. Sorry Please to don't offend. Ever say that again, actually. But yeah, I've been here for like maybe three hours max, four yeah. hours. And let's um, get the let's get the heavy shit out of the way then. Yeah. We were in Dallas, Texas, two weeks ago. Yes. Yes. Today you were in Kansas City, Missouri. These two cities uh, have fought over a football team before. They fight over barbecue on the daily. We sampled what everyone told us was the best barbecue in Dallas. You had, uh, I think you had it to go, a to go sandwich. I DoorDashed barbecue. barbecue. I was starving. Not even fresh barbecue. You DoorDashed it. In Dallas, we got it fresh. In Kansas City, they actually believe in COVID. You got it DoorDashed. Tell the people which is better. Okay, so I have to tell you guys, this, the barbecue that I got from Joe's, I door-dashed literally immediately when I got to my hotel room, was the best barbecue I've ever had. The mac and cheese also was delicious. Like I had the, like a a brisket sandwich and it was absolutely delicious. Not to say that the the barbecue wasn't good in Texas because it was, but it was not, I wasn't like blown away by it. And I've had like, I told you guys when we were talking about barbecue, I said like, the barbecue experience I have is like the people in my family make really good barbecue. And so like that is kind of why I guess the California barbecue is like our at home triggers because it's always sunny and you get to hang out outside. Um, why not barbecue? But um, yeah, shagadi. Yeah, Kansas City, Kansas City barbecue is by far the best. Well, and here's the thing. I've only had one sample from each place. So I feel like that's like a really aggressive take to be like, oh my no. God, it's so much better. But the, the samples that I did have, Kansas City far superior. But you did what we do in scouting. You went best versus best. We went to the place in Dallas. Everyone was like, if you don't go here, you're stupid. We went there. It wasn't any good. Now you went to the place that Mello and I told you to go to in, in Kansas City. It was amazing. I didn't so even have beer with it either. I just had the barbecue. At least, in Texas, I had barbecue with beer. Exactly. I had no beer. Boulevard Brewing Company, you will be experiencing it Friday evening. Like the place we sent Paige to today for lunch, it's a really good barbecue spot. It's it's not even like the top notch. It's like the lunch sandwich. Like, ah, I'm kind of in a hurry. Going to get some lunch. Well, it was a good sandwich. Let me tell you that. Just wait. We will be stopping there tomorrow on the way up. Guaranteed. Uh, Paige, how do you feel about burnt ends? I like them. Okay. Well, you're about to have the best ones ever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So we're we're on a Q39. Is what you're telling me? I think so. Saturday for lunch. <laughs> I'll make. I'll shoot a text. We'll make this I'm happen. So uh, okay. Uh, so that's good news for the three of us. Bad, Bad news, news for Mellow's basketball team. Duke. Mellow's, is Mellow's a, basketball team. The season's over. No, it really. This man has the Duke tattoo logo tattooed on his body. Yeah, Paige. Where's your Arizona tattoo? Honestly, I. Or, or why don't you stand up? Show us your shirt, Paige. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that's a, that was a the Alabama that Crimson like Tide. That's not an Arizona A. That's a U of A, first of all. What? So not the Fun U of A. Fact, I've been a Duke fan longer than I've been a Texas fan, a Chiefs fan, or a Royals fan. Interesting. I did not know that. Okay, I will give it to you. Okay, that's the year I was born. Um, He's been a Duke fan longer than you've been alive, little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I was born in October, and that was in March. Exactly. Wow, okay, so I take that back. I apologize, but yeah, it is a huge, huge deal um, because they they still have a chance of making the tournament, but it's very, very slim. If they would have won the tournament, they obviously get an auto bid. So Duke has a player – Test positive for COVID. They are therefore eliminated from the ACC tournament. Yeah, they had so. to pretty much forfeit today. Not looking like their season's going to continue. Uh, it sucks. They're not going to accept like an invitation to the NIT, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that we even have to talk about that as a possibility. Uh, but it is. It does hurt. I don't tweet very much about Duke, and I don't follow college basketball as much as I do like college football or baseball. But I am a, a very large Duke fan. And it sucks. This is the first time since 1995, only the second time in my life, since uh, Duke is not going to make the tournament. I fucking love it because I am an agent of chaos. So, like, when Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, and when they're bad, I'm happy, right? That is the best thing in the world to me as a Texas basketball fan. Kentucky. Kentucky, that's the big one. That's the big one. You guys, bad. I'm something? The last time that both Duke and Kentucky missed the tournament? 1976. Yes, but was also the last time. No, but was also the last time that a team went into the tournament undefeated and won the NCAA tournament. And now Gonzaga has that chance, and the last six teams to do it have not done it. So that's a huge deal. But I just want to say the other part of the Duke debacle here is it's a little scary in terms of the tournament because – um, the teams that were and refs and everyone that were exposed to that player or to Duke in general, um, you have to pass seven consecutive days worth of COVID tests to get into the bubble in, in Indy. So these teams that they're playing that are actually going to be tournament teams are definitely going to be nervous for the next couple of hours or probably the next couple of days, probably the next three days to try and get that sorted out because if you don't have enough players, like you don't get, you, you, you basically forfeit. I think there's like two or three days after the selection Sunday that they can replace teams. But if not like you forfeit and you don't get to play in the tournament. So that's the other part of it. That's just like scary. And also just like very difficult because it takes one person to bring it into that bubble for it to be a thing. And I'm hoping that that's not the case because we obviously want the tournament to happen this year. Like you said, with like that bubble, everyone's in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And we're not spread out all across the nation having these games. Every team is in Indianapolis. There's only so many hotel mm-hmm. rooms that you're going to be able to have. It is scary. And even with the like COVID testing today for Duke, it sucks because my team's out. But it is. It's also kind of nerve-wracking to know that, like, ugh, what are we working with here? Well, yeah. And, prayers to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Well, and think about, like, all the teams that are, like, guaranteed to be in. Like, the Baylors of the world, the Michigans. Yeah. like. You, oh god! Could you imagine? You're you're sitting there going, okay, why am I playing in my conference tournament? I mean, you you really do have to think about that because yeah. you're like, okay, it just takes one of us being exposed, even by the other team. So it's it's definitely scary for everyone involved. I think all of us were like thinking, especially in general, like all of us were like, oh, COVID's over, it's fine. Not really like that, but you know what I mean. It's it's right. we've gotten different in the last couple of weeks with vaccinations and all that, yeah. and I think people got a little lenient. And now, I mean, maybe it's a blessing in disguise that like this will probably teach players that like you really can't be around anyone and you just never know where you can get it so to really be safe and lock in if you want to if you want to compete in the tournament but yeah it's 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 a crazy thing to happen um and also very weird because it's the exact day a year ago when duke was like we're not gonna play in the tournament and i was like oh my gosh so one day day to the year when the nba canceled their season as well so a lot a lot of uh, parallels there for sure and it will be and i know Paige, you will be doing so much work covering the men's tournament for Bleacher Report, and we know that a lot of your attention will be going there. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of tourney talk here yes. on Two Guys Are Growing a Pod. That's when I'll like pretend. Selection to Sunday, just a couple of days away. I know. This is coming Sunday, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. This I'm leaving Kansas City by. and waking up and working Selection Sunday. That's how it goes. I would have just stayed in Kansas City and did it from there. <laughs> But then I have to be at work. On, I have to work on Monday. 
He figured it out. Okay, uh, speaking of Kansas City, it is a very Casey show today. Hey, let's just shit on me today. How about yeah, that? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs lost both of their starting offensive tackles last year. Mitchell Schwartz in around week eight to a back injury. Eric Fisher in the AFC Championship game to a torn Achilles. We saw the effects of that in the Super Bowl. And this morning, they decided to release both of those players. Eric Fisher, the number one pick in the 2013 draft cut. Mitchell Schwartz, a four-time All-Pro in Kansas City, also cut in a salary cap move. The Chiefs later announced that center Austin Ryder would be allowed to basically leave in free agency. They will not be making uh, an offer to him. So a big, big change to the Chiefs' offensive line. One thing I saw on Twitter that bothers me is people are like, oh, the Chiefs are going to suck. Andy Reid and Brett Veach would would not let this happen without a plan. You don't just go all willy-nilly and cut two tackles to save $18 million if you don't have a plan. They clearly have a plan. They have eight picks in this draft, including number 31 overall. They got an extra fourth-round compensatory selection. They do have a plan. I think we just need to see how it plays out in a very, very deep offensive tackle draft. Yeah, who do you think they realistically draft to make up for this? Realistically, I know you guys probably have this all sorted out. I wrote an article on the draftscout.com. It's free to read, and it was a Chiefs seven-round mock draft. So I don't know if Paige knew that and was just queuing me up perfectly. or it's not at all. Damn it. That backfired. So, yep. Yeah, so I actually wrote a full seven-round mock draft. Okay, well, Chiefs. give us a little sn- sneak preview here. It's free. People can read it for free. I can give you Okay, the well, then why don't you here. tell us? You don't have to put your quarter in to look through this, people. I'll tell you. Ooh, so a good idea. I, it is. I had them taking Tevin Jenkins, our guy, Wichita native, who Ooh. said he likes Kansas City barbecue, in round one. Alex Leatherwood in round two. And Josh Myers, the center from Ohio State, in round three. So, boom, boom, boom. You get uh, Laurent. Duvernay Tardif back at right guard. Lucas Nine, they drafted in the third round last year. He could play guard or tackle, so you have some versatility there. Even if you wanted to put Leatherwood at guard, you could do that at nine at tackle. So that's that was my take at fixing the offensive line. And I, I really like the Tevin Jenkins fit at right tackle. He came on this podcast and was talking about how much he wants to play on the right side of the ball. You know that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to value that right tackle spot with the way Shorts has been able to play over the years. And I think you're right, Matt. When you say they had a plan, they looked at that whole roster and thought, who can we, who can we, you know, move on from? Yeah. Who can we live without? And it sounds really weird, but it was the two offensive tackles. So I do think that there is probably some kind of a plan in place. And this position group in the draft is very deep. I, I think there are probably like eight or nine tackles that could come in and start for an NFL team all in this one draft class. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised um, by it, especially because, like, I mean, people were talking about, like, people were being very dramatic about this. They're like, oh, the championship windows are so small. Look at his Kansas City's already over. And I was like, I was like, okay. But, like, I mean, it's fair to say, though, that, like, you do need to protect Pat, like, as much as we saw what happens when you don't. Sorry, Mello. Um, but but I but I do think they probably took a look at this draft class and went, all right, this is how we replace it. This is how we do it cheaply. Like this is, and they do have a plan. I don't think that anyone's making these decisions like based on nothing and going, okay, let's just cut the offensive line. Like I don't yeah. know. It was definitely an overreaction. They have a plan. Everyone wants the Chiefs to be bad because they have Patrick Mahomes. They're that team now where other fan bases know that they have to get past Kansas well, City so that they want them yes. to be bad. Well, and that the that's all because Buffalo was good. People are now like, so everyone was like, oh, Pat Mahomes, he's a great guy. You can root for him, blah, yeah. blah, blah, all this stuff. And then they, they won. And then, all, then they're like, ah, no, you know what? Let's it. root for Josh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, oh, yeah. you change it up. I think so, right. like they, the Chiefs are becoming the villain. But yeah. yeah, we're tired of watching these guys already, yeah. like three years into this thing, tired of watching these guys be good. We want to root for somebody else. And I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills are like the next up and coming kind of lovable losers that, oh, they haven't been successful in this long. They haven't had mm-hmm. their quarterback since Jim Kelly. Uh, I do think that people are kind of, you know, what's the old saying from Batman? You either live, you either die, die a hero, hero or live long enough to become the villain. There it is. See yourself Sorry. become the villain. My kids yeah. texted me. I was a little distracted. So. Uh, yeah, that is that is absolutely what is happening. Let's do a little pro day roundup, though. Clemson and Texas both had their pro days on Thursday. The notable numbers from the Clemson pro day: Travis Etienne weighing in at 215 pounds, a very uh, a bigger weight for him. I think he played closer to 200, 205 pounds. 
still runs a 4-4-0, which is very, very impressive at 215 pounds. Have we forgotten, though, the pro day times are fake? And I know even with the Texas pro day, it was like, oh, my God, Sam Cosme ran a 4-8-4. Caden Stearns ran a 4-4-0. It's awesome. Here's the thing about that. <clears throat> Those times are not comparable to the scouting combine because not every player is going through the same process. Not to go all science nerd on you, but the, the combine is a controlled experiment. No, this is science because it's a controlled environment. It is every player goes through the same process. Every player runs on the same surface. Every player is timed the same way. It's controlled. At a pro day, there are 126 of them. There is no control. The only thing that is the same is the workouts are the same. They're done in different orders. They're done on different surfaces. They're done at different distances. I've heard rumors of 38-yard, 40-yard dashes because guess what? It benefits the school for these players to be drafted early and to do well. We understand that. That is why every player prefers to work out at their pro day as opposed to the combine. These numbers we're seeing from pro days, a rule in scouting is add .06 to every 40-yard time you see at a pro day. That's how you kind of get like a, an average time. So even for Travis Etienne, a 4-4-6 is really good. But guess the fuck what? Watch football for three years and he's really fast. You know, we don't need to watch him run in a straight line for 40 yards to know that. I think he could have skipped his 40 and been just fine. Yeah. I mean, last, what was it, two, I guess two years ago, we saw him racing against Isaiah Simmons. And they were both right there. And I think Simmons ran like in the four threes. He's very mm -hmm. fast. He's checked that box already and I, I do think that he was maybe a little bit slower than people expected he's heavier than we thought but he put on 10 to 15 pounds and i think that nfl teams are more interested in seeing that number that reads 215 mm -hmm. than they are four four they stopped they're like oh okay yep. four four boom check the box already knew he was fast he's added some weight looks really good today working out uh, i think he'll be just fine in the draft and my yeah. thing is even well, with sorry Paige, even with numbers like no, a you vertical, go ahead you just keep going i've been waiting you know, on this all day now, even things like a vertical, we don't know the order of events. Is the University of Texas running the events in the same order that they would at the Combine? We recently put our guy Big Country through a Combine. If you do those events in a different order, your 40 is going to be faster. Are you doing it last like you do at the Combine where you do the 40, then your position drills, where you've done everything else first? Those types of details matter to someone like myself. They might not. They don't matter to Twitter at all. They don't matter to most people in the media. But for me, and the, the group of people who do what I do, those details matter because I want to know, okay, what did you do first today? Did you do your jumps first? Did, did you then do three cone? Did you then do your shuttles and then the 40? Because if not, that you have to adjust for that as well. So my big thing is like, we need to just throw the 40 out the fucking window and just use GPS time anyway. But there, that's my thing. Okay. So your rant is over. I can go now. Yep. So I saw yep. you tweet about this earlier today. And then um, I had one more thing to say about it too. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mello trying to get me all riled up. So my beef with the fact that you tweeted this was because it was about Travis Etienne. I hate that a year, a down year, and like being banged up a little bit has caused his draft stock to go down. And I think that's why it bothered me when you're like, my get off my lawn thing, get off my lawn thing yeah, is this. To do with Travis. I, under, I understand. But it came about that specific 40 time. Yeah. And I mean, I noticed while we were tweeting that the Texas players 40 time and like, oh, yes, you add the point I six. Was I know, exactly. I know, I know, I know. You said the oh, same. We're going to go there. Okay. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying my beef this morning when I saw that tweet was, Oh, Matt, of all the running backs that you could have done that, because I think that he – I mean, I obviously think that Najee is the best running back in this class. But <laughs> behind him, I think, is Travis. And I think that people are, you know, oh, like pleasantly surprised that he ran that fast or whatever after gaining 15 pounds. It's like, did you not watch him play football at Clemson? Like maybe it's because like people thought, oh, he was at Clemson or something. I don't know what the deal is. But I think that was just my beef with it this morning. I do understand your point of like, hey, for scouts themselves, this is what, how you need to evaluate it. Don't react to just the emojis online with the fire and the big eyes of next to their 40 times, okay? I understand that. But I was just like, all right, let's, let's give this guy his props for also being 15 pounds heavier, running that fast. And even if you do add that on, it's still impressive. Like regardless, it, it was impressive. Regardless of what, if, if he did a bunch of stuff first or not, 
I still think it's pretty impressive. That was just my point. My, my original beef was that some folks wanted to take the number from a pro day and compare it to the combine numbers from last year mm -hmm. in order to slot but Also, how players. do we know that the combine isn't, you know what I mean? Like, not to say that I'm like sliding the NFL here, but we like, know. I'm curious. Oh, we do. We're sure. Yes. Players are always faster at their pro day. No, I understand that they're always faster than they're pretty, but how do we know it's like ex an exact science at the, the combine? It could get messed up for one well, or two guys. Like, there have been years where players would be like, or teams would be like, yeah, surface is a little bit faster yeah. this year. That's why I think you get kind of tricky with trying to compare across years. Now, even like mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we talked about before is the mashup where they'll just overlap players when they'll do Chris Johnson and they'll do, uh, what's his name, Ross. Yes. Or Ross, yeah. And yeah. Ross has the record. But when you yeah. match them up and you put it layers over each other, Chris Johnson runs faster. Yeah. People so it, love it that. is kind of messed up. People love it. I do think it's a messed up way to evaluate. And I think ultimately we all agree that maybe we should just do away with it. I know it's fun and we won't because it clicks well for all kinds of things. And people, TV. people tune, yeah, people tune in for it. But the th other thing about Clemson's Pro Day that I wanted to actually talk to you guys about and get your opinion on was Cornell Powell because I've seen so many people tweeting about him today about how big he is. And mm -hmm. one of the things that we noticed at the senior bowl was that he wasn't as maybe agile as we thought would like him to be. But I'm kind of curious in like the era of like a DK Metcalf, like what can you really be like, Oh, he's too stiff in drills and things like that at pro days or at doing drills, like at the senior bowl and things like that. Yes. You know, cause I think he had a better game than he did. A uh, senior bowl game, I should say, yeah. than he did um, just in the drills and stuff. But I'm curious how you evaluate on that, especially in the era of like a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's just the hype of DK being big and all those things," and yet it actually. I had to out look this up. Yeah, okay. Cornell Powell's six foot two ten. That's the crazy thing about the photo that's going around. He's jacked. He's not that big, big. though. When you put him up, but that's what I'm saying Rogers, in terms of like, like five right? eight. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's jacked, and that was like the big thing about DK. It was like, oh my God, look at how big he's gotten since right. being at, at Ole Miss. I think with DK, it was the fact that he was like so straight line fast, and it was like, okay. well, as soon as he has to run a breaking route, how well is that going to work? Well, guess what they didn't have him do? Run breaking routes. You know, it's like – It's so crazy it simple, that they played you know? in the player's strengths that they draft. It's so odd. <laughs> if only our team knew how to do this, we would all be happier, right? But no, I mean, it is – you know, it's – Something that gets taken for granted. So I like Cornell Powell. I love – he's a great run blocker. He's a hell of a player on special teams. He is an average wide receiver. So factor that in wherever you would like. I think he's a day three pick, no matter how good he looks with his shirt off. You're not going to see me on this camera with my shirt off anytime soon. So <laughs> working on it. I mean, don't say that because you never say never on things. You I said anytime know. soon. Okay. I didn't say ever. Okay. You know, I've been, I've been working out. Everything has a price tag. Um, I also just want you guys to know while we were recording, I, I received a, I posted that I had eaten the, the barbecue and someone sent me a DM mm -hmm. saying, go to Q39. We're going. So, so we're going. yeah. Saturday. She's we'll a Kansas City girl. Shout Saturday. out Courtney Rice. We'll be there. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to give you our quarterback comparisons for the 2021 class and then answer your questions. Okay. Your favorite podcast host went a little viral this week because someone compared Trey Lance to Lamar Jackson. It needed context. You don't get that on Twitter. So we are going to go through our quarterback comparisons today, add a little context, have a little fun, and just go from there. So let's start at the top. Trevor Lawrence, QB1, Clemson, as Paige likes to say. Clemson. Yeah. Make Clemson. I think Clemson. there's a P in there. Clem Clemson. 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 Also, Clemson. I just want to preface this with I hated this game. This this is the worst <laughs> game ever. I hate that we're playing, but we are. So Was this your first time that you've had to do a comp for a player? I literally hate pro player comparisons. It is literally my job to create content for college football and college basketball. You will not find in the last year that we have done pro player comparisons <laughs> because I hate doing it because Stay I know – back. <laughs> It's <laughs> coming through. You're too close for that. You're 100 you miles away. Me? Right. I just come right. Hello. <laughs> you guys. This, again, watch the show. Maybe listening to it is different. Anyway, my point being, I don't love them, but I am. Someone asked on Twitter why we were doing it. It's like, because it's fun. It's funny exactly. if you get really upset. This is, Somebody, this, is meant, this is a place to have a good time if you can't tell. 
I'm not on TikTok, obviously, but one time I want to do a show where Mello pretends to climb through my webcam and then walks into your hotel room. <laughs> that would be so fucking great. We need to work on this. Okay. Do. Trevor Lawrence. My comparison, it's boring. It's Andrew Luck. I think his arm's a little stronger oh. than Andrew's was. He's obviously a little bit taller. He's equally as he boring. He's baller. equally as good. I don't know who else to compare him to. Uh, I think that's, that's terrible. Uh, when I look at Trevor Lawrence, I'll go next. When I see him, I, I think generational talent. I see like a perfect prospect. So for me, I'm going to compare him to Andrew Luck. So I think he's <laughs> another guy coming out where it's just like, what are the question marks with him? And I do think that sometimes you almost have to go find it. Uh, it doesn't mean he's going to be like the best player ever, but I do see <laughs> there's just no questions with Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized I spelled someone's name wrong on this list later on, and um, it's quite the typo. Um, so I'm going to change it up here and and go Andrew Luck as well. I mean, you if you think about a guy that like everyone was in agreement is going to be first overall, and this is it. Yep, Andrew Luck. So I'm super glad we all pick different things for that because it's really sometimes right. hard to get that happening, you know? It's great to break it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. not have that monotony here. Okay, let's move on to the player most expected to be drafted, number two overall. That's Zach Wilson for BYU. I like Kyler Murray here. My reason being Zach Wilson's also a smaller, I would consider undersized quarterback at 6'1", 205. He lives and dies with the YOLO ball. He loves to play off-platform. He loves to move around, drift away from the line of scrimmage. To me, that's what Kyler was at Oklahoma. It's honestly what it was at Texas A&M as well. So I see Zach as that. I know a lot of people want to make the Mahomes comparison. I see some similarities in their play style. Zach's arm is not that strong. He's not that big. I don't think his field vision is that good. Also, like Kyler Murray, a one-year wonder in college. Yeah, I, well, I think you'd have to be an idiot to compare any of these quarterbacks to Patrick Mahomes. It Agreed. just doesn't make any sense at all i'm going with a little bit of a i don't love it like Paige said i don't really love doing these things either because people are going to rip it apart and be like you're an idiot i don't care whatever uh, i'm going with russell wilson do i think he's going to be that player like no probably not russell wilson's a great quarterback one of the best i've seen play the position but his ability to throw the deep ball is what zach wilson can do very well he's able to move around he can beat you a little bit with his legs, but I don't think he's going to be a guy. He's not going out there and being like a Cam Newton. He's not going to be that Josh Allen type. So I have him comp to Russell Wilson and play style. I also kind of see some Drew Locke in there too, where the guy that doesn't have a very, like a exceptionally strong arm, but he kind of thinks he does sometimes. And yeah. he'll take some chances, just like we saw with Drew Locke at Missouri. Uh, a very confident individual. So somewhere in between that Russell Wilson, Drew Locke player. Yeah, I um, picked Russell Wilson too because I have nightmares about those rainbow just like drop passes that come in perfectly. And I remember specifically a, a – I think it was UCF that they were playing. And BYU, like, I mean – they had some athletes on their team, but I mean, he can throw the long ball and that's why I, I picked him also because of his size. I think too, the other like knock on him is that maybe he's not as like tough as, cause we saw like the coastal Carolina game and I'm hope and Russell Wilson is tough. So I think, um, I mean, not, he's not a tough guy, but he's tough. Um, but I think that's the easiest comparison to make because of size ability i agree with Melo. i do not think that that's going to be the t the player he is um and if he plays for my team then sure hopefully but um i don't see him being that high but that's the the closest thing i can can relate his skill set to all right let's move on justin fields quarterback ohio state this one, one is a common one dak prescott I do think – so when I say Dak Prescott, though, I always catch myself saying, but he's a little faster and he has a stronger arm. Well, that's Donovan McNabb. So if I can go old school on my comparison for Justin Fields, I want to go early career Donovan McNabb before, you know, he started puking and Super Bowls and forgetting about overtime and all those things. So the, I think the athleticism from Justin Fields has not been talked about enough. Mm -hmm. I think the arm strength has not been talked about enough because everybody gets caught up on, the oh, he doesn't get off his first read. I've said it before. The first read's open. You're not supposed to get to the second one. That's yeah. just how football works. I'm a big Justin Fields fan, as you guys know. Hashtag facts. And I have Dak Prescott as well. And I don't understand still, even like this week, why so many people are hating on Dak Prescott 
I think he's one hell of a quarterback. And I think when you go back and you look at what he did at Mississippi State, he ran the ball a lot more there. And he was able to show that athleticism. I don't know if it's the Cowboys saying, yeah, we don't really want you doing that all that much. But he doesn't do it as much in the NFL. But I think it's something he still can do. And I think that's what we're going to see with Justin Fields at the next level. Yes, I can do it. But I'm also going to learn how to play from the pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to beat you that way. And then if, you know, you get a little bit of pressure on him, he can't escape. He can be athletic. He does throw a really good deep ball. I think that's something Dak does very well. And that's why I've, I've had this comp for him for a while now, ever since I really dove into watching him play at Ohio State after he transferred from Georgia. But I, I think it's a perfect comp. Yeah, um, I picked the same thing. But I, one thing I will say about Dak is I hope that there are players and quarterbacks in college that look at what it meant for a guy to stay and develop and be good in college and really learn the ins and outs of things and how that's translated for him in the NFL, because I feel like so many people are always like, that's the ultimate goal. They want to leave when they can. And, and Dak was one of those guys who really, you know, put in the time and the effort there. And I think it really paid off for him long run. But one of the things I told you guys, instead of doing this was it'd be kind of funny to do like the, the pro player comparison of like guys that you date and the type of guy that Justin Fields would be not him personally, but just the type of player he is, is like he, you like him. And like, there's so much potential there, but there's like a decent amount of red flags. They come up every now and then the, you know, he's a little inconsistent and that's a knock on him. And like, there are a few red flags here and there. Not um, great under pressure. Doesn't yeah. Really and you well just, in the big game. Yeah. All right. Well, that just got inappropriate, but, um, <laughs> but I think if I had to compare him to, to the dating scene, I would say like, if you're um, an NFL team, you're looking at a guy who like, has serious potential that could be your guy, but there are things that could cause an issue and cause it not to work out. If you're comparing Zach Wilson to guys you date, his name's definitely Chad. Mm. <laughs> yep. Anytime, anywhere, let's go right. out. Right, headband, headband game. <laughs> like he definitely works out in tights. Definitely. Definitely. And Trevor, like you said this earlier, Trevor Lawrence is like the guy, he's like, he checks all the boxes. Like on paper, he is perfect. Your mom would love him. Your grandma would love him. Yeah. But like, you're not really that excited about him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, it's he doesn't do it for true, you. Yeah. Right? He doesn't really do it for you. Like there's if nothing like really exciting about once, it. once, you know, just one arrest. <laughs> it'd be so much better. Right. Does he have a tattoo? Like, I don't know, something. Yeah, but that he would be the guy you bring home to mom for sure. Checks all the boxes. He's like my checking, college boyfriend. Checking all those arrest and tattoo boxes in the Jomo office. Uh, okay, let's move on to everyone's favorite, Trey Lance. And here is what I said on ESPN that uh, didn't make the headline, which it was like, you know, limited characters in a tweet. I said he reminds me of Lamar Jackson in that year one, right? Year one, let him beat you with his athleticism and arm strength. Year two, add more. Year three, add more. So I was saying more the blueprint for Trey Lance reminds me of Lamar Jackson. That's what I would want to do. I also said in the clip that Josh Allen was the same way. Now, Dan Orlovsky and I were tweeting about this, and I almost went Steve McNair, but I try to play into like our audience is pretty young. I don't think a lot of people remember seeing Steve McNair play early in his career. But Trey Lance, in my opinion, throws the best deep ball in this class. He's a powerful runner with good speed. That is Steve McNair. But I don't, again, I don't know how many people remember the Alcorn State days. Oh, I don't even remember the Alcorn State days. So I remember him as a Titan coming up. Uh, I went with Deshaun Watson on my Trey Lance comp. I don't love this one either, uh, but I do think that with Trey Lance, he's athletic enough that, like Deshaun Watson, he can escape the pocket. And he's heavier. About 15 pounds. He doesn't look that big. He doesn't look as big as a guy like Justin Fields. So I went with Deshaun Watson, but this is like my least favorite comp that I have. So people are going to be mad about mine too. Um, I picked Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Senior? Because, because, listen, listen, let me get this out, guys, before you roast me. Hold on. Quotes. Somebody's jealous. (laughs) No, I just watch, I'm supportive and I watch you on television. Okay. Um, my, the thing is, is I do think his arm strength is there. I do think his ability to make things happen when the play breaks down is there, especially on his own. That's the big difference between him and Pat. Pat obviously makes the throw. I think, you know, Trey Lance can beat people athletically and physically. And I know that's why you compared him to Lamar, but I do think he's able to, 
use his legs and his speed and his athletic ability and just like toughness. Like he like, yeah, it's hard to tackle him. It really is. And that's the same with Pat. So that is why I decided to do this comparison. I know it is a far fetched one, but I have to say there are some qualities You're that are similar. You're comparing their styles, not their ceilings. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. yes. I, I should probably say I was doing the same thing. That's the way that I do. It's just so same. hard to predict a ceiling. Right. Yeah, and I'm not like saying anybody like – Player that's already done it. Like, that just doesn't yeah. happen. It's not We realistic. can compare Mac Jones to Tom Brady next and be like, that's his ceiling, and somebody would freak <laughs> nope. out. Right. Uh, no, so let's do that Wait. with Mac Jones, but not – The Trey Lance, like, compared to guys that you would date, this is like the ultimate project. Like I see potential here. Oh yeah. I'm going to take him under my wing. I'm going to mold him into the perfect man that I want. <laughs> That's Trey Lance. Like he probably oh, shops at Walmart and you need to get him back into college. Cause he dropped out of Juco, but like he's smart. He's good looking. And he like works. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow. Okay. Guys. Anyway, you know, but there's you see it like yeah. he's got good structure, right? You there's know, good bones there, right? <laughs> you know, like, I've got a shot at you. I literally do all. <laughs> you didn't drop that. The thing. shirt I wore yesterday was from Walmart, and I told you that. I went to college for a semester at JUCO, and then it was like, fuck this. I drink too much to go to college. I took a year off, and then got in a relationship and went back to college. That you, that's biography. <laughs> Our pro player comments. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god! Bad. It sounded familiar. <laughs> that's like those things where you say oh, them and you're like, "Where Star did I get Wars? that? Where did I see that?" <laughs> well, at least you graduated college. Yeah, you know, three point. I know, and you were molding he, young minds too. He shops at Target now. <laughs> Look at that. This shirt is from Kohl's. It's name brand. That's a Nike check. Right. I put it on there with a cricket, but whatever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Mac Jones time. Right. Oh, Uh, my God. We can't do this podcast and we're all together. Uh, Mac Jones time. My comparison for uh, the Bama Hammer is Baker Mayfield. And my reason being for this, I see, again, a guy with good, not great arm okay not great mobility so you know like mac jones can move in the pocket to evade the first guy and he can reset and he can make a throw and he's going to be incredibly accurate he's got a pretty deep ball he's very smart that this is not a knock comparison by the way i think this is a big compliment baker was the first overall pick in the draft so i see mac jones as that if he can play within the pocket in a play action offense he's going to be able to just be surgical with his accuracy i think that he's super boring uh, he's not going to do anything that excites you, but he's going to get the job done. And it just screams Eli Manning. Even watching him at the Senior Bowl, it's like this guy moves like he is a Manning. So I'm going with Eli on this one. Like I said, he doesn't do much that excites you. He doesn't have a huge arm. He doesn't have a whole lot of athletic ability, but he has enough to get the job done. And I think he's going to come into a great organization somewhere learn a lot, and we're just going to be looking at him. And like the Tom Brady comp that a lot of people are ripping apart, it's like, how is this guy so good? How does he continue to find success and be good in the NFL? That is Tom Brady. It is Eli Manning, and I think Mac Jones will probably be the same kind of guy. Yeah, so I think Mac is someone who is more so than probably a lot of the other quarterbacks coming into this is – most set up to like actually command the pro style offense. Like he is somebody who is ready for that. And I think his arm strength is a concern. And that's why I sort of went with Drew Brees here. Um, It's, it's, I mean, it's not the worst arm in the world, but you know what? He gets it done. He can do things from the pocket. He's, I think he'll be able to, especially, all right. What are you I'm guys laughing? I'm pre thinking about your yep. dating comp. <laughs> oh it's god. Not like the biggest iron, but he gets it done. Oh shoot. Guys. So shots fired this time. So no, we are definitely not doing a relationship comp on this one. But yeah, I went with Drew Brees. I again don't know that that is Max ceiling in terms of success. It could be depending on where he goes and if he turns out to be, you know, the man that everybody on ESPN says he's going to be. Um, besides Matt, um, I wait, said that's besides, me now. Wait, no, wait. No, I, no, no. <laughs> I said besides Matt. Besides Matt, um, but I'm not used I, to being in that group. You are in that group, Matt. I am. Thank you. Aren't you so wonderful? But yeah, that is my my last and final pro player comp, and this is the last time we will do pro player comps on this 
Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Unless it's like we're comparing them to make other fun of them. Yes. Then, yes. Yeah, oh, I'll do I love like that a idea. pro player comp. Melo can Roast. do like a beer comp, and Paige can do a dating comp or a a movie comp. If Mac Jones were a movie, he would be. I don't know. Goodfellas. That sounds like psychological testing. Not as good as The Godfather, but still watchable. You know? I don't know. That was sure. I hadn't thought it out. It just came out of my mouth. Okay. Let's do paging two, guys. You can send in your oh, questions by using that hashtag. <laughs> you can leave them in your Apple podcast review, or you can just tweet them at us randomly. Also, the DMs are open to send in your just the tip dilemmas. First question is a good one. No name with this one. Nope, no, this name. one went to the DMs. I just swiped right on a girl with a Philip Rivers NC State jersey in her pick, and I need to know, do I propose in the first or second date? Um, I don't – what the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, I don't understand. I As soon as you match with her, I think you jump on I that. think you just send a picture of a ring. Ask size, just what your ring size. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. go find yourself like a Mario Williams NC State jersey. Here's what you say. In your opening message, you say, I know Phil never won a ring, but you're getting one if you keep that jersey on. Boom, nine kids. Done, done. Boom, nine kids. Um, Rivers had nine kids with his wife. I didn't know it was that easy to get married. Otherwise, maybe I would have (laughs) selected my dating app photos differently. I don't know. Do you have a Philip Rivers NC State I do not. Um, She has a Colin Kaepernick jersey. No, I have a Steve Kerr Arizona jersey and a Miles Simon Arizona basketball jersey. Okay, the Steve Kerr one. hit me up. So hit me up. (laughs) But you don't want them to. Open those DMs. Now you're going to get DMs. (laughs) Open those DMs. My DMs are open. There you go, boys. I'm still convinced we need to do some kind of a bachelorette oh, on yes. this podcast. Yes. I just haven't got. I don't know that people would be. If, if people are interested, you can gauge the interest and see if people would like to date me. I think they're getting to know me really well on this podcast. And so, I mean, you guys can gauge the interest. I don't care. Send the tweet. We'll all be together and we can look at it tomorrow um go ahead and do that but i will say there was a tweet that went viral this week that's like similar to this this girl tweeted she was like do you guys really like actually like when girls like sports yeah i know her yeah it's a good tweet she okay and thank you i didn't think it was that big of a deal because her point being that some guys do think they really want to date a girl that knows sports until they know more than them or they think they want to date a girl that works in sports until they realize what that actually means and what that entails well and one step farther, a lot of guys want to date a girl who likes slash knows sports until they realize that now she wants to come to those sporting events that you've yes. gone to with just your guys. For guys, a long time. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're going to date a girl who likes and knows about sports, you have to. She's part of the group now. You're yeah. buying another ticket. Which yeah, but you don't get to treat okay her like a dude. Don't. But you don't get no. to treat her like a dude. No. There's the big difference. But I right. think her point was that like some people think, oh, it's an easy yes. Like of course guys want that. But it's a little different, and that was her point. And there were, like, a lot of women that were, like, quote tweeting. I saw two people that I follow, blue check marks, that um, quote tweeted it and were like, why do we care? It's like, why do you care? Why do you care that this isn't, like, a tweet? Why do you give a shit? So I just wanted to say shout out to that girl. I need to look up her name. That's 2021. Can I say something controversial? Sure. I hate the people like, why do we always have to sexualize sports? We fucking sexualize everything. If I have, like, <laughs> common movie interests with somebody, I'm be like, hell yeah, that's attractive. If we listen to the same kind of music, I'm like, fuck, yeah, yes. that's cool. That's and a big one for me. like sports, yes, that's attractive. Sports and music are, like, it's two okay. big ones for me. If we like the same, yeah. I'm like, hey, yep. what's up? Yeah, or, Not you know, food. a girl tweets something about sports, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, that's awesome. I find that attractive. And then you get people who are like, oh, well, why do you have to view it that way? Why can't she just like sports and do her job? Like, I'm proud of her. She Trying to support that. Also find it attractive. Maria Taylor, if you ever get divorced, what up? Okay, second question. Wow. Corey Seeley asks, what wide receiver in this draft class who isn't currently projected to be a day one selection do you think could become an all-pro caliber wide receiver? Uh, I'm going to take – I think I know who you're going to take, so I'm not going to take that person. I'm going to take Diami Brown, the wide receiver from North Carolina. I think he is an excellent yards-after-catch player. He's an excellent deep threat. He's being slept on in this class. I have him ranked, I think, as like wide receiver seven. So I like him more than a lot of the big names that you know at the excuse me, at the wide receiver position. I had a boulevard before we recorded. And ah, so Jelly. Yeah, there. Yep. Yep. So that would be mine. Diamond Brown, North Carolina. Uh, Mellow. There's a lot of guys that I actually like in this receiver class. 
Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is a guy who still has a lot of potential mm-hmm. and kind of like his brother could really excel once he gets to the NFL. Or how about our Clemson guy, Amari Rogers? I, I think Bruce. if he lands in mine. the right situation, I think he could be really, really special. Um, and Amon Ross St. Brown is probably the toughest receiver in this draft class. Done. Arizona have anyone? <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> I hate you guys. Hey, we're on the up and up. I didn't even do it. I, didn't even I don't do even it. know if you guys saw, but Gronk is going to coach the spring game, and so is Teddy Bruschi. So very excited. Whoa. That's cool. That is cool. That is cool. That is cool. I like both those players a lot. Okay, Andrew Magnuson, uh, who wants to know, forgive me for being negative, but do any of the top five quarterback prospects have any character concerns that would? Where is my question? It is gone. What happened? What did you do? I don't know. That would scare NFL teams. There it is. Computers are hard. Uh, not that it would scare teams. Uh, Mac Jones was arrested for a DUI back in 2017. There have been some talks that like, ooh, Justin Fields was kind of quiet before 2020. Or some people said Zach Wilson's family has money and he might be a little entitled. Those are not the types of things that would scare teams. And that's a lot of hearsay versus actual like, boots on the ground. I've talked to Players at BYU and Ohio State, neither have echoed those concerns, so I don't think they're anything There was that about. one little thing about, like, Zach Wilson's not a captain, but, like, he was. As far as, like, leadership goes in, Zach Wilson is the one that we're on, like, eh, I don't know. But as far as Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, I think they all excel yep. in character, and they're going to be great leaders. And I think you can build around these guys. Not saying that the other two, Zach Wilson or Mac Jones, aren't those guys. But I've seen it with the other three, and I think they are going to be very good. You mentioned the DUI with Mac Jones. I'm oh, sorry, guy. Google the picture. Google yeah. the picture. It's not. Um, it's not I good. think one thing that we have seen this year that we haven't gotten in years past um, is we were put in a situation, I guess these quarterbacks were put in a situation where they had to be leaders on things. Mm-hmm. So Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were at the – head of we want to play and you know making yep. sure that you know things were going the black lives matter movement was a big priority mm-hmm. on campuses and these are guys especially trevor lawrence who did not need to be at the forefront of this like he could have just sat back and not done that um but i think this year with coronavirus with everything that's happened in our society we are seeing the the better side of what it's like to have guys that are truly leaders and truly doing the work and not just saying the right things they're doing the work and and walking the walk a little bit in terms of you know standing up for people that are not going to be first round draft picks um and and that's a positive i think for everyone because i do think a lot of the times there's a ton of focus on on the negative things that happen in their own personal lives that and you know what we're not all perfect i know there are, are some severe things that people have come into the nfl draft having done um, that have been excused, but I think in this situation, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to see some of the the bigger name guys really, really step up to the plate when like the world essentially needed those yeah. kind of things. I, mean, I think for Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, they've been in the spotlight since they were sophomores in high school, and yeah. they've handled it exceptionally well. So, well, uh, definitely, yeah, especially the stuff with Justin Fields and Georgia. There was a lot of rumors as to why he transferred, and I think yeah. the way that he handled that and his family handled that, I think was a very professional manner for sure. Yep. All right. Tyler Warden asked, what is the best college to attend and why is it the University of Colorado? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He said Arizona. <laughs> I, mine says Colorado. It's, it's weird. Boulder? I mean, Boulder is beautiful. You know, the summers are mild. You can ski all the have time. Have you been to snowball. Boulder? My cousin goes there. I have been to Boulder. Uh, the breweries are right outside the city. Estes Park is 15 minutes away. The hiking's unbeatable. So yeah, University of Colorado is the best college. <laughs> what was that, Paige? <laughs> it was my phone. I tried to push it on the... <laughs> right. Oh yeah? Do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do Make the again. sound again. Make the noise again. Uh-uh. Oh. The barbecue is <laughs> hitting. Oh, wow. Hey, you guys so much, but that really was what that Barbecue. Oh, I just did it again. Did you hear it? <laughs> we saw you lift up. <laughs> I hate you guys so much. Uh, well, let me answer this question. First of all, shout out to my little cousin, Maddie. She goes to Boulder. And the last time I was there, her and I tailgated together. And we uh, went to the Arizona-Colorado game. It was family weekend and Arizona won. And I posted a tweet. And if you haven't found it, you should go find it because – 
It's a very entertaining video of me after that game being very humble. But the University of Arizona is the best because you get to have pool parties in February and we're generally – What do you all do in September? The same thing, pool parties. Yeah, because it's 120 degrees. You still do pool parties. It doesn't matter. There's no – you can't – Sauna. It's an outdoor sauna. You figure it out. You stay hydrated, all right? It's fine. With white claws. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Hater. Are you guys coming to family weekend? Oh, by the way, I you guys Ooh. didn't hear this exciting news. Uh, the University of Arizona is playing BYU. Labor Day weekend in Las Vegas. And guess whose family is going to be in Las Vegas celebrating their brother turning 21? Oh, wow. This girl. That would be a good one. You, who are they playing? BYU? Mm-hmm. Can't wait for Paige to marry a Mormon. That's going to be great. You're going to meet some BYU like guy who's doing his residency at UNLV and be like, oh, yeah, there it is. Um, Fresh off his, his mission. Mission. My best friend yeah. from kindergarten is Mormon. So if I wanted to marry a Mormon, I, I could have by now, I'm sure. Oh, whoa. Humble brag. The second <laughs> question from Tyler Warden is a hot dog a sandwich? No. No. It's a hot dog. A hot dog is a hot dog. Mm. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Last question from Matt Bowen, not the one that played in the NFL. I know we thought. Where would Tua have ranked in this draft class like as a question. Dolphins fan wanting hope? Also, my wife is a U of A alumni and has started listening <laughs> to Alabama. Page. Roll Tad. I don't – I think he means your U of A. No, he means that U of A. How do you know? B is U of A and started listening since I told her about He me. says my oh, wife is a oh, U of A alumni. Oh, oh. Wow. Oh, it's the you other well, cause the it's, school. Well, it doesn't matter. I didn't read the last part of the question. Computers are hard, remember? Um, <laughs> um, well, that's exciting. Well, I'm glad that your wife is the alumni. She's probably hot. So I would have had to have ranked probably the number three quarterback in this class. Behind I, yeah, three. Behind Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields for me. I I agree with that. I mean, I think that Tua I, had a rough rookie year. But remembering what he did at Alabama and who he was, we were, a lot of us, I know myself, I was questioning, is he better than Joe Burrow? So, and I'm not going to be like, look back and be like, oh, well, Justin Herbert now, because I didn't like Justin Herbert coming out. So where would I have him ranked? Third. I I would put it Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, and then Tua. That's what I would have done. So I'm actually going to put him at two. Ahead of Joey B? Wait, no, no, no. In this draft class? In where would Tua be in this class? Yeah, that's a better way to look. Yeah, at. where would Tua be in the 2021 draft class? Yeah, that's so what two, I'm saying. Yeah. So, oh. Trevor, so Trevor Tua. Lawrence. Trevor Tua. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tua, Tua. Them. Two for Tua. Yeah. You were combining um, them. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was not combining them. I never put him over, Joe. Are you kidding? Um, no, I would probably put him – I mean, him and Trey Lance, because I, I think Trey Lance is still QB2 for me, so I would – it would be tough to put him above him, but I just think in terms of like resume, where he played, all of those factors, I would put him right behind Trevor Lawrence. I gotta tell you, the ukulele video when he was having surgery kind of bumped him up my board a little bit. It was so cute. So cute. Okay, that's our show. Have a happy Friday. Have a great weekend. We will be back Monday with some interviews from Exos, our final ones. A lot of fun for you guys from the weekend and hopefully uh, some good stories as well. So subscribe make sure you're following us on twitter on instagram and on youtube and don't forget about that five-star review we appreciate it see you guys